Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I'm your host, Sheila McCann. So today we're going into buttermilk bran muffins, and we make these daily, and we alternate between doing one with cranberries one day, and then the next day we'll do it with raisins. And we have customers that specifically want the ones with raisins, and they won't even buy the ones with cranberries and vice versa. So it really is a testament to taste, what people prefer. It's not one's better or than another. We originally used dried cranberries, and sometimes they're called craisins. But what happened was, is we ran out one day, and so we had frozen cranberries in the freezer, and I said, let's just use those. Turned out, I'd liked it better. Not that it is better, remember. <laughs> sometimes as humans, we always think that Hmm, this tastes better to me. It must really be better. Like it's an absolute truth. No, it's really a, your taste buds is not a guarantee that you're right. <laughs> it's just right for you. So anyway, so I like the flavor burst better from the frozen cranberries. And we've also used fresh ones too. And I really prefer the tartness of the cranberries over the raisins. If you have dried apples at home and you love dried apples or cherries, I happen to love dried cherries myself, then you can definitely use those in this recipe. And you just kind of can mix and match whatever you want. You just want to use the same portion of fruit. And it doesn't really matter so much if it's frozen. This isn't a yeasted product, so it doesn't even have to be room temperature. So we just use them right out of the freezer. The only thing is if you are using a frozen fruit, you really want to add it in at the end and kind of fold it in there and then bake it right away. And the reason why is because if you add it too early, it starts melting on you. And then it'll turn your dough whatever color of the frozen fruit you're using. So we used to make a fat-free bran muffin. And that was during the phase when everything was about being fat-free. But I can tell you that I definitely prefer this low-fat recipe. And the reason why, it's lighter in, t in its um, lighter in its taste and its texture. We use buttermilk in this version. So the fat-free one, we use non-fat milk. The, the amount of fat in it really affects not just the flavor, but also to the texture. What we have in this one is we do have butter in it and buttermilk. And then we've got the bran and whole wheat flour and honey. So it really is a nutritional powerhouse of a muffin. And it is low in fat and it's also extremely high in fiber. And the reason that's important because most Americans are deficient in fiber and we usually have an excess amount of protein in our diets. Yet you still hear people talking about, oh, how they have to get more protein. And especially among the athletes and Really, generally, they just should focus more so on getting fiber because 95% of Americans have a fiber deficiency. And I looked that up on the internet, so I will include in my show notes the articles that talk about that. And I know I am certainly probably biased, but they're really, if you have to look at it this way, how we are influenced in, in you know, what we think we need in our body is also a lot of marketing. And there is a lot of meat, dairy, and egg lobbyists and marketers out there. Um, and those ingredients, by the way, have no fiber. And there's really just not 
a, a fiber lobby out there. <laughs> so anyway, so the reason that it's it's important for me to mention this is not so much that I'm just like this health nut that I always eat so healthy because that is far from the truth. It's more of I get it bugs me when people blame bread for for all their elements. I mean, we've all heard of that book, The Wheat Belly. Ugh. So I get so tired of hearing about it. And so I will tell you what the symptoms are of a fiber deficiency. It's very similar to what happens with people that have gluten intolerances. And so they blame gluten or they blame bread or they blame wheat. And, and so, okay, so let's just go through the symptoms. Okay, bloating, constipation, energy spikes, crashes, brain fog, weight gain. So those are all signs of fiber deficiency. If you are experiencing one of those, then I would eat more fiber and, of course, not give up bread and not blame gluten. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already are a breadhead. <laughs> and so you're right with me. So I'm probably just talking to the... Uh, you know, to an audience that's likely to agree with me. But anyway, I, it, it's one of those things is that you know, I don't pretend to know anything for certain. And um, one of the things, like I said before, what I like about this podcast, because I'm still learning and that you have to learn from a place of humility. And so it's not that I don't get caught up in, you know, being arrogant sometimes about my bread knowledge, but the reality is, is that I, I, don't know everything. And what I say, my opinions aren't necessarily fact, right? So take it all with a grain of salt. Okay, so this recipe is also happens to be low in fat. If you listen to the blueberry muffin recipe, you'll see that one had twice as much butter in it. And we also use buttermilk in this. And buttermilk has a lot less fat than traditional milk. In an eight ounce serving of whole milk, it has nine grams of fat. In an eight ounce serving of buttermilk, it has two and a half grams of fat. So it's really substantially more, like whatever, three over three times as much more fat in whole milk. When you're substituting things in recipes, I would start with what the recipe calls for. So if it calls for whole milk, use whole milk. And then you can try your fat-free milk and see if it was really worth it. And because a lot of times the fat is not just a flavor, it's a texture. It's kind of a double whammy. So start with what the recipe recommends first. Go to buy your brand. It kind of looks like sawdust, like little pieces of sawdust. Easiest place to find it is in your health food store. They usually have bulk bins. In your bulk bins, you're going to find it the cheapest. And it's... um. Like I said, it's relatively inexpensive. It's not brand cereal. Okay, so your your raisin brand <laughs> or whatever, it's not it's not gonna work. How I know this in some ways is because we ran out of brand, and then one of my staff members came back with brand cereal. We also tried improvising with oats. We put the oats in the Vitamix and then tried that. And I can tell you that we also did flax seeds. So I don't know what was going on right now, but there was like a brand shortage. And so we couldn't find brand and we had brand muffins on the daily menu. And so we really tried to substitute the brand, even though, you know, the product's called brand muffin. So it was probably kind of stupid, probably should have just not made it. And I, I, anyway, I found out that you can certainly produce a muffin and it's pretty good, but it 
it's not something that you can substitute very easily. So you really do need the brand. And, and now we buy a 50-pound bag of it. And most people know what a 50-pound bag of flour looks like. Or maybe not everybody. But anyway, it's uh, so the brand, 50-pound bag of brand, it won't even fit on the same pallet. It's almost twice as big as a 50 pounds of flour. If your brand feels really dry, then what I would do is just take your brand and put it in with the buttermilk and let it soak in there. That'll help a lot better. Rather than putting the brand, which is dry ingredient, in with the dries, just stick it in with the buttermilk and then just use your... In the bakery, we don't soak our brand because it actually is pretty fresh. This is called the buttermilk bran muffin. For those of you who don't know that much about buttermilk, it doesn't have any butter in it. So it's a little misleading. And what it is, it's basically a fermented dairy product. In the word of food, cultured essentially means fermented. So it's cultured or fermented, whatever it is. And that's the chemical process of breaking up. It's a complicated substance down into simpler parts usually they help with bacteria, yeast, or fungi. Traditional buttermilk, it was made from the liquid that was left behind after churning butter out of a cultured cream. However, most modern butter is made not with cultured cream, but with a sweet cream. So most modern buttermilk is cultured. And it's common in warm clients where unrefrigerated milk can sour quickly. And if you listen to my Irish soda bread recipe, that was exactly what they called it. So it wasn't buttermilk in that old recipe I had for soda bread. It was called sour milk. And because it is a fermented product, it actually is a little more healthier than milk because of its probiotic properties. And it has a very pronounced tangy taste and kind of, it's a thicker texture the milk. When I first used buttermilk, I assumed it was thicker because it had butter in it. And then I would, came to find out it doesn't have any butter in it. But it's because there's a presence of lactic acid. And to give you an idea, in the 8-ounce serving of whole milk, it has a 0.14% of acidity level. Now you take that same 8-ounce serving of buttermilk, it has a whole 1% of acidity level. Now, it doesn't sound like very much. It's only got 1%. But if you look at this way, it's eight times as much as the milk. General rule is the higher the acid amount, then that's where you're going to get the higher degree of like a tangier kind of taste. Okay, so it also affects the leavening ability. So the acidity in buttermilk is important for to help leaven quick breads or muffins, you know, things that are made without yeast. And it depends on an acid base reaction to keep the breads light and fluffy. It's the acid found in buttermilk that reacts to those bases. And in this recipe, the most common is baking soda to create that carbon dioxide gas. What it is, is the acid causes a rapid action in that baking soda when you combine the two, and it presents itself in small bubbles throughout the batter or dough, giving the baked good that little bit of a lighter, airier, type of structure. The other thing about buttermilk, because of the high acid content, it also softens the gluten development. And remember, 
In yeasted breads, you want to develop that gluten because that's going to give it the strength. But in quick breads, muffins and scones, cakes, whatever else, you want to avoid that gluten development. And so that's why we mix the dries separately from the wets, then barely combine it. The buttermilk helps keep the gluten at a minimal level because basically the acidity in it breaks down the gluten. You know, that's the protein that's found in wheat, right? You guys all knew that, I'm sure. And a lot of gluten is just really not good for this product. And so the presence of buttermilk in this recipe and other ones, it will help soften those tough strands, therefore giving the final product just a bit more of a softer texture. It also will add a distinctive taste to foods. So you're going to, buttermilk is sour. You know, it, it's mellowed out by other ingredients that you're putting in this. I mean, obviously we put honey in this and, and some other things. But I look at it this way. It's sort of a welcome note of brightness. And it helps keep the food moist. It has a, a higher level of viscosity. And that means basically it's going to take longer for the moisture to evaporate during the baking process. And it will create a more of a creamier texture in foods. And one last thing about buttermilk. It also happens to be easier on your digestive system, right? Because it's probiotic and then and the lactic, lactic acid that's in it. It will also extend the shelf life of the product. So what does this all mean in practical terms? It doesn't mean that the muffin will taste worse or even better with milk as opposed to buttermilk. What it does mean is that the taste, texture, and nutritional content is going to differ. What I would try is try this recipe as it's written and then try playing around with it and discover really what your taste buds prefer because that's the beauty of home baking. We can bake to our own taste and dietary needs as well as we know exactly what's in it. So the recipe I'm going to give you, it's going to yield about six pretty good-sized muffins, not the huge, super large muffins, but just six medium-sized muffins. And you want to bake this at about a 350-degree oven, so go ahead and turn your oven on, and I probably don't need to tell you this, but I will. Just, you guys probably already know this, but you got to spray thoroughly on your muffin tins. We don't use tissues, and I know a lot of bakeries will put uh, those muffin tissues in there, but I don't think you need it. And um, I will tell you, you want to be careful not to overfill. Since I am a quick person, I tend to fill quickly. And sometimes I'll get a little bit too heavy handed. And what happens is, one, it'll stick to the top of the muffin if you just spray the tin. So spray all around. <laughs> it, it really, I mean, if you don't want to spray, you can use an oil or butter or whatever. But be pretty liberal with that stuff. The mistakes are made is not enough of the anti-sticking agent. You know, there's really not a problem if you use too much. Okay, one cup of flour, and it's a pastry flour or all-purpose flour that I recommend, and that's your white flour, and then a cup of bran, and a cup of your whole wheat flour, and if you can get like that gold whole wheat flour or the white whole wheat flour, sometimes they call it that, try to use that because it's basically, it's a lower protein whole wheat flour. It's lighter tasting. And then a half a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of baking soda, and one tablespoon and one and a half teaspoon of baking powder. And so what you're going to do is you're going to mix all those dry ingredients in a bowl until it's thoroughly combined. And then in a separate bowl, you're going to combine the wet ingredients. And that would be two eggs and then one cup and two tablespoons of buttermilk. 
Then and one quarter cup of melted butter, right? Not softened, melted butter, and a third a cup of honey. Now, let's say that your bran was pretty dry. Well, it's, they're all dry, but it really felt dry. So what you want to do is, like I said, just put the bran in with the buttermilk, and your bran's going to be in your wets, if that's okay, and that'll be just fine. Substitutions. Let's say you really want to kind of edge out a lot more fat. So this calls for two eggs. And so what you can do is you can take two egg whites instead of one of the eggs. But I still want you to include at least one whole egg. The reason why, if you use all egg whites, which we did in that original fat-free muffin recipe I was telling you about, what happens is it makes it drier. Really would encourage you to just use two egg whites and then the whole egg. And that's a way to reduce some fat because if you know about eggs, the majority of the fat is, is in the yolk. So the egg whites only have like 10 calories. And it depends upon the size of the egg, obviously, but generally looking at about a 90 calories. So the vast majority of it is in the yolk, not the whites. And whites have a lot of good protein too. So I am a fan of using egg whites. In fact, when I make my omelets, I kind of err on the side of a little more egg whites. But I definitely put in that whole egg because it does add and not just flavor, but like I said, some moisture in there that's not going to bake off like the egg whites will. In this recipe, the original recipe, it's just two eggs. And I'm going to include this in your show notes, so don't have to worry about writing all this down. If you don't have buttermilk, and it's not something that people usually have in the refrigerator, and you don't want to go out and buy it, well, you certainly don't have to. Although I will tell you that it has a long shelf life, you know, so if you do invest in the buttermilk, and you don't plan on making these for a while, it's not like regular milk. It doesn't sour as quickly. And so I would encourage you to go try it. Uh, but like I said, you don't need to. There's no absolutes here. So let's say you want to substitute some milk. I would, I would first encourage you to try whole milk. And what you need to do is you need to add that acidity to it. And you can do it with either lemon juice or a vinegar. And I would encourage you to use a white vinegar or maybe apple cider. I mean, I love balsamic vinegar in my salads, but it doesn't really go well with this. Like I said, this recipe is one cup and two tablespoons of buttermilk. And let's say you're going to use milk and substitute something. So what I would do is one cup and one tablespoon of milk and then one tablespoon of your acid, whatever it is, whatever it's your white vinegar, lemon juice, or apple cider. And then here's the key thing. It's got to stand there for 10 minutes you have to allow the milk to become curdled. And it's not going to be as thick or creamy as buttermilk, but it does offer some of the same advantages. When the buttermilk or your curdled milk is combined with baking soda in your muffins, that acid causes the baking soda to fizz really like vigorously. And that fizzing action is what creates a light, fluffy bake product. And the curdled milk also imparts a slight tangy to the final product too because remember it's the tang comes from more of the higher acidic level okay and then a quarter cup of melted butter and a third cup of honey and so you combine all that together and you want to make careful don't over mix because you don't want to develop the gluten or strengthen it or anything like that so you don't want a tough dense product so just mix and then what you do is you take your three-fourths a cup of raisins or cranberries and if you'd like to use more you can go up to a cup but don't extend that because I don't want the thing falling apart on you. Like I said, if you're using a frozen product, 
really be careful not to over that they're not going to melt. So you want to leave it in the freezer until the last minute, then pull it out of the freezer and just fold it in and then away you go. And you just scoop it into your muffin tins. There are going to grow in the oven. Okay, so you do get a little bit of rise out of this. Uh, so you really want to put it in about, oh, I don't know, about four fifths full. Three fourths to four fifths, somewhere in there. I know we all love that nice muffin top, but your overfilled muffins, what the, can happens is they fuse together. And then it's, well, you know, I've done this too. <laughs> and then once the top's fused together, it's not like this round, nice little muffin top. It's like this square top. And so you kind of have to cut around it to get it out of the pan. Anyway, it's just sort of a nightmare. It's cleaning it up and getting them out of the pan. Then you're going to bake this for, I'm going to say 20 minutes and add time as needed. Okay, so a lot of times it's going to be another five minutes. And if you use a frozen product, it's definitely going to be another five minutes. And you always can bake more, not less. And it's just like uh, testing any type of quick bread or muffin. Just push on the very top of the muffin and if it springs back at you, you're done. If it's still really soft, then you need to add a little more time to it. And the other thing you can do is just take that wooden stick and poke it in the middle. If it comes up dry, you're good to go. Now, the other nice thing about this recipe is you can double the batch and it's going to turn out the same. Because actually that's the size of the recipe we use in the bakery. We, we make a dozen of these in the morning they freeze really well. So just double bag your muffins and then put them in the freezer. Now let's say you want to have your guests experience the smell of the muffins baking and that can be really nice. So what I would do is that if you want to get a jump on it, you can make the batter the day before and put it in the refrigerator and then just pull it off and bake it off. It's still going to be a slightly compromised because you are going to find that the leavening action happens once you combine the wets and the dries, but it's not going to be the same degree of the compromise in flavor and taste um, that you would get with like, like that blueberry muffin recipe I gave you. So you do have a little more options with this. I mean, obviously the best is if you, the best is if you just make it from scratch, but the same time is I, you know, life happens, right? What I would do at that point is I, We'll do this even in the bakery if I'm if we're like super busy the next day. So I will have the dries already made. Just leave them on the counter. It's not going to go bad. And then I'll take my wets and I'll put all those together and just stick them in the refrigerator. Don't put the fruit in it, right? And then the next day, all you have to do is combine them, mix for you know no more than a minute, add your fruit, and you're good to go. So that would be the best scenario. But like I said, this is a pretty hearty recipe and will hold up better. And I hope you enjoy your buttermilk brand muffins. And I know I do. That is the one thing that I do eat in the bakery on a regular basis. So I eat this and, or and I alternate between my whole wheat cinnamon rolls. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while, I'll, I'll splurge and, you know, have a blueberry muffin. But I appreciate you listening to this episode. And if you would like to support the podcast, then please leave me a review. Or perhaps just share with another person, friend, family member that you think would enjoy learning how to bake a little bit more. Or maybe not just learning, but maybe some tips too. Till next time, everybody. Happy baking.